Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tim and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Welcome back, everybody. This is All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and she is Tam. Hey. Wow. What an experience and what a race. I mean, we have so much to talk about in so much little time. Uh, first of all, what about the off-season? How about that, guys? We are glad to be back. Before we jump into the Daytona 500, we want to say, hey, 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 we're glad to be back. Yes, we are. I know I am. Yes, indeed. Really quickly, I don't even think we need to recap the offseason, but you guys know there were some rule changes. Mm-hmm. Some drivers left. Carl Edwards just up and retired. Tony is completely done. Jeff is finally done. I mean, there were so many changes. I don't even think it's worth going into, but we have to acknowledge those changes because they indeed affected the Daytona 500. I think the one thing that kind of threw me for a loop is it's not even so much the changes and rules and stuff like that, but I think Carl Edwards uh, up and just retiring just kind of blew me away more than anything else. And I mean, I know I was surprised. I can't imagine Carl Edwards fans had to have been a little disappointed. Well, not a little disappointed, a lot disappointed and uh, bummed out, I'm sure. Yeah, we're clearly bummed out. But nonetheless, let's move on because we have so much to talk about. I don't even know if we're going to be able to get it in today. Let's jump into the Daytona 500. I will let Renee tell you first and foremost about his experience because he busts his cherry, as we would say. (laughs) (laughs) That is correctly said, yes. I have busted my NASCAR cherry to be at the Daytona 500. What an experience, Tam. I had such a great time, and I think it was pretty obvious the whole time that we were there. I think I was smiling from ear to ear. It was like I was a kid again at at some kind of new Disneyland place that I had never been before. Well, I hope as a kid you weren't going to some type of new Disneyland. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Well, I tell you something, though, it is quite an experience. And if there's any casual NASCAR fans that are out there that are listening to us, first off, thank you for listening to our podcast, All Turns No Breaks. And secondly, if you've never been to the Daytona 500, it is a must. And I mean a capital M-U-S-T. It is a must. Tam, I could literally see myself making that a a yearly thing to go every year because I got a perspective not only just from our standpoint being there for on the media side and covering the race but from a fan standpoint I mean just wow right Tam I mean just literally wow yeah Renee was more of a fan than anything this weekend which was awesome I mean it was a delight to see we went down early I actually went down to Daytona a day or so earlier than Renee I was down to cover media day. Renee and I both went to the NASCAR Diversity Awards, and we'll tell you guys about that a little bit later. We went to the Can-Am duels. Obviously, I was in and out the media center, various press conferences. And, of course, we saw the truck race, Xfinity race, then the Daytona 500. In between time, Renee got a chance to meet and ask one of his favorite drivers, a question. He did a, a small mini interview. And then Renee and I both sat down with Alex Bowman, thanks to Valvoline for setting that up. So we had almost a full week of 
just everything. But again, Renee was there as media, but he totally was fanboying it out. Yeah, it was hard to kind of differentiate the two because it was like, I'm trying to be media, but the fan part of me kept coming out. It's hard to control. I mean, uh, even if I just went there just as a fan, I'd have been okay with that. But it was nice to know that as far as media, being on the media side of it, you had the perks kind of going where you wanted to, you know what I mean? Of course, not everywhere, but it was still fun to do that. And uh, I will say this, the fact that we were able to sit down with Alex Bowman and have a Q&A like that up close and personal. Uh, that was just amazing. And to be able to do that with any driver, regardless of who it was, I think it, it's just fantastic. And then to have Jimmy Johnson come in and take questions from all of us at that time, that was just a home run right there. I couldn't believe that he was standing literally right in front of us, just having a conversation. And what a nice guy he is. What an awesome uh, personality he has. He made us feel like he was really there for us, which he was. But yeah, uh, Jimmy's the man. What can you say, Mr. Seven Time? He rode yeah. in on his white horse and hung out with us for a short time. And for you guys that don't know, for these drivers, their days are crazy. It is scheduled to the minute. It, I mean, it could be actually scheduled to the second because from media day to sponsor obligations to fan appearances, their days are hectic. So the Daytona 500 is really special. It's more special than any of you guys could ever imagine. You see it on TV and all you see is the race. But the things that are going on behind the scene, whew, it is a lot going on. Let's talk about the celebrity sightings. We saw LaDainian Tomlinson, NFL football player, on his way to the Hall of Fame. I saw Grunk. And so most of my sightings actually came from driver's meetings because I actually went to the driver's meeting before the Daytona 500, which was pretty cool. It wasn't my first driver's meeting, but it was my first Daytona 500 driver's meeting. And that had a whole different intensity level compared to other driver's meetings that I've been to. So let's see. I saw Grunk. I saw LaDainian. I saw Keanu Reeves. Yes, the Matrix. Well, I guess now he's John Wick. Yeah. So, yeah. Who else did I see? Oh, I saw my sexy Rexy. Yep. Yes, the, I saw. The Ryan brothers were out there. Yes. And the interesting thing is I recognized Rob and I was like, oh, that guy looks just like Rob Ryan. And then I said, wait, oh, he had on a jersey that said Ryan. And then I looked and I said, oh, wait, there is my man, sexy Rexy. And for you guys that have been with us from the beginning, you know that I'm a huge Tony Stewart fan. But I'm an even bigger Sexy Rexy fan. In fact, the Daytona 500 was a dream come true because I saw my man Smoke and Rex Ryan off within 30 minutes of each other. How about that? Now that is Who fantastic. else was there? Brandon Marshall, mm-hmm. who also plays in the NFL, got a chance to see Owen Wilson, who gave the command for the 500. Right. Jordan Sparks saw her beautiful, beautiful young lady. Trying to think who else did I see? As far as celebrities are concerned, I don't remember that off the top of my head who else we saw, but I'm sure we probably saw several other people that we just can't even think right now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was the place to be. Let's just say that. Yeah. So let's kind of jump into this race. How about that, Kurt Busch? How about that, Kurt Busch? Real quick, I just want to say congratulations to Kurt Busch. I congratulate him, his team, and just the whole Stuart Haas gang over there. I mean, 
Seriously, who would have thought? And I think we talked about this before, Tam, but I think it's even more awesome that the fact that his crew chief, who grew up near Daytona, was able to come away with that victory. I mean, I was very happy for him more than anything else. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Kurt Busch, I think other than Kurt Busch fans, who had Kurt Busch on their radar to win the Daytona 500? I mean, um, he wasn't our pick. I mean, no, I, I, I believe mean, you picked Jimmy Johnson and Dale Jr. to win, correct? Yeah. And I actually went with Chase Elliott, who almost won before he ran out of gas, but he did. Yeah. And I went with Clint Boyer and actually people on social media on Twitter made fun of me for going with Clint Boyer. Hey, let me just tell you this right now. First podcast of the season. I am guaranteeing that Clint Boyer will win a race. That yep. is my word and I am sticking to it. Clint Boyer will win a race this season. I am right behind you on that. I'm actually going to agree with you because I don't know what it is about Clint Boyer. And although he may not have finished this race, there was just something about him during the entire race before he was wrecked out. Well, there's I, I always something about Clint, but yeah. I yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will tell you when I saw him at media day, Clint was being Clint, but there's an extra bounce in his step. There's something going on. Yeah. I mean, he, let's just keep it real. He's in better equipment. He's with Tony, you know, he's with a group of guys that get him and his personality, new sponsors. He has a lot going on, but I am predicting it. And just kind of taking a step back before we finish talking a, a little bit about the Daytona 500. One thing that I noticed, that Stuart Haas team in general has an extra bounce. I mean, yeah. you look at the fact that Kurt won the 500. I mean, hell, Tony actually was quoted as saying, if he would have known that all it took for him to win the 500, albeit as a owner, he would have retired sooner. So you think about it. I mean, even Danica, who I knew she wasn't going to win. I, I knew Danica wasn't going to finish. No, you know, as we always say, Renee, we're not Danica haters. We're just not Danica fans. Exactly. I knew Danica wasn't going to finish the race. Let me just put that out there. But at one point, she was up, I believe, in the top five. Yeah, she was. You know, she was actually you had she was Kevin, holding on very well. Yeah, you had Kevin Harvick who was running well. So you think about it. Kevin, Danica, Clint, and Kurt at some point was doing great. I really think this is the year for Stuart House. I really believe that in And real quick, just going back to Kurt Bush real quick, I, I am just stunned at the not the fact that he won the race because I think what it is is that as soon as that last wreck happened it could have been anybody's race even Casey Kane had an opportunity to win that race <laughs> and I remember Tam that we were there watching this go down and we were like man this is anybody's race like seriously like anybody could win this race there were a lot of good drivers a lot of great drivers that that yeah. were out by that time well I mean let speaking on it let me give you guys a quick recap on our top 10 obviously Kurt Busch won the race Okay, let's take a moment to let that sink in. Ryan Blaney came in second in the Daytona 500, and this is only his second year. Wow. A.J. Allmendinger, you know what? I'm going out on a limb, and I think A.J. may win a race this year as well. I think he'll win a road course race. Okay, so recapping, Kurt Busch first, Ryan Blaney second, A.J. Allmendinger third, Eric Amarillo fourth, Paul Menard fifth, 
Joey Logano, 6th, who ran out of gas. Casey Kane, 7th. Michael Waltrip in his last race, his last Daytona 500, came in 8th. Matt DiBenedetto, I always mispronounced that name, so I had to say it very slow. He came in 9th. And Trevor Bang came in 10th. Looking at the top 10, there are a couple of names you would never expect to hear. Paul Menard came in 5th. Yep. Matt, 9th. <laughs> you know, Eric, I think Eric Amarillo is a great racer, but fourth, I mean, yeah. look at the fact Brendan Gaughan came in 11th. How about that? That's just crazy. Landon Castle came in 16th. Cole Witt, shout out to Cole Witt because I interviewed Cole a couple of times, got a chance to hang out with him. What is Cole in his third year now? Yeah. So I always root for this guy because he's an underdog. I mean, Cole Witt came in 18th. And that may not mean much, but that means a lot when you have drivers like Kevin Harvick, Ryan Newman, Brad Keselowski, Jamie McMurray, Jimmy Johnson, Dell Jr., Matt Kenseth, and Kyle Busch, who didn't even come in the top 20. Yeah. Should I repeat that? Kevin Harvick, Newman, Jamie, Brad, Jimmy Johnson, Dell Jr., Matt Kenseth, Kyle Busch did not even come in the top 20. Let that sink in real quick. That's yeah, how crazy the Daytona 500 was. I mean, yeah. you had Chase Elliott leading anybody who knows anything about restrictor plate racing. You know the big one may come. You know that there may be another accident on the last 10 laps. Yeah. But at some point, I believe everybody in the crowd thought that Chase Elliott was going to win. Chase Elliott ran out of gas. Kyle Larson took the lead. Kyle Larson ran out of gas. You had Kyle Chase and Joy Logano run out of gas. Yeah. This is crazy to All me. All three of them, right down to the wire. I honestly thought Chase was going to pull that off. I could feel it. I could see it. I mean, we're watching this go down. Oh, man, I was so disappointed for him. Tam, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to tell you, he is finally going to get his first win sometime this season. And I would bet that Chase Elliott is going to win a race sooner than later. I guarantee you that. I think he'll win a race in the first half of the season rather than the second half of the season because this kid, he, he's right there. He is right I mean, on the bubble. Renee, he is right there. And, you know, it's interesting because at some point we all thought Dell Jr. was going to win this race as well. Yeah. <laughs> and we see how that happened. You know, let's kind of jump into some driver's talk. Mm-hmm. Dell Jr.'s future is looking bright, but the light is dimming. And not based on what happened at the Daytona 500 just based on some of his comments, not on the track, but off the track. I was at media day when Dale pretty much said that if he wins the championship this year, he's done. Mm-hmm. He's quitting. He's retiring. There's so much happening. And we'll talk about the Wall Street Journal article, you know, everything that's been going on the last few days. We can't have Dale Jr. retire. I mean, the sport will go on, but Dale Jr. retiring. Uh, hope not. It's interesting, too, because TMZ caught up with him. Yes, TMZ. And there was some conversation where he said that he would not name his son the third, you know, yeah. that it stops with him. So now you have him talking about retiring. You have him talking about having kids. I mean, as you guys know, him and Amy just got married, what, two months ago. They got married on New Year's Eve. So I guess it would almost be three months. But with that being said, I don't like all this talk that's coming from Dale Jr.'s mouth. Yeah. I don't like it one bit. You're talking about you're going to quit. Dale, no, we need you. 
I know. The fans need you. <laughs> don't quit. Don't quit. I mean, let's be honest. This is another thing that we were talking about, Tam. And I remember some of us were talking about it. But and granted, Jimmy Johnson has every right to be noted as the man in NASCAR right now. I mean, seven-time winner. But we all know Dale Jr. is the face of NASCAR. That's just the way it is. I think Jimmy Johnson's okay with that, though. Well, speaking of Jimmy, I got a feeling if he gets that eighth this year, he's done too. Yeah, probably so. Well, we also need to mention that Danica also said that if she takes one more hard hit, she's done too. Well, we miss Danica. Well. And I'm not trying to, okay, listeners, calm down. I wasn't saying anything either way. It was just a question that popped up in my mind. And I say that because this year we're racing with no Greg Biffle, no Tony Stewart, no Jeff Gordon, and no Carl Edwards. I don't know about anybody else, but I miss three of the four of those guys. Right. I can't say I really miss Jeff Gordon because I kind of got over him not being there last year, but then he teased us and he came back when he was filling in for Junior. But I'm missing Tony Stewart. Yeah, I am missing Greg Biffle because that's Biffle, you know? (laughs) And of course, I'm missing Carl Edwards. If nothing else, I'm missing Carl Edwards' walk, that Carl Edwards strut. You know, hate to overuse the word swagger, but that Carl Edwards swagger is missing. That professionalism from Carl is missing. Yeah. Hell, the subway commercial is missing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, will we miss Danica? I don't know. I can't say from a personal standpoint that I'll miss Danica, but I mean, for her fans, I feel bad because if you're a fan of a driver and your driver is, is even hinting of calling it quits, you know, so from a, her fan standpoint, I think that's going to be disappointing to them. But I mean, I, and like, and like, like we said before, I mean, I'm not hating on her by any means. I'm just not a fan of hers. And so I personally won't miss her and maybe somehow the sport might miss her. But, I mean, you're right. I I missed three out of the four guys myself. And I think this is all part of the changing of the guard of what we're seeing here, especially with all these young drivers coming in. Yeah, our Fantastic Four. If you listen to the show last year, we have our Fantastic Four, which consists of Chase Elliott, Austin Dillon, Kyle Larson, and Ryan Blaney. And we coined them the Fantastic Four and we often talk about the Fantastic Four and we'll talk about them again this year and it just popped in my head while we were down in Daytona we have our three amigos so this year you'll hear us talk a lot about the three amigos and yes I know you're on the edge of your seat and you want to know who the three amigos consist of it's actually Ty Dillon Austin's brother Eric Jones and Daniel Suarez. For some strange reason, I feel like two of the three will talk more about and will mention their names more than the other one. But I do see a bright future for our three amigos. I mean, they're the future of the sport. Now, I do think our Fantastic Four is going to show up and show out. I mean, hell, when you think about it, Ryan Blaney came in second for the Daytona 500. Chase Elliott, Almost won, except he ran out of gas. Kyle Larson almost won, but he ran out of gas. And Austin Dillon, if I'm not mistaken, Austin Dillon, he had a top 20 finish. With our young guys, Ty Dillon, Daniel Suarez, and Eric Jones, neither of the three came in the top 20, but Daniel has a bright future ahead of him. This was Daniel's first cup race. 
I mean, hell, Daniel's just been thrown in. And you guys know Daniel's replacing Carl Edwards. So it was just really quickly. So this was his first race. What are they calling him in Cars 3, the movie? And if you guys don't know, Daniel Suarez, along with Bubba Wallace and a few other drivers, as well as the King Richard Petty, are actually in the Disney movie Cars 3 that is coming out. But in Cars 3, his nickname is... Danny Suarez. Yeah, it's like Danny uh, Suarez. Suarez, yeah. <laughs> I think what's so crazy, Tam, and we both acknowledged it, but you could tell right now, Daniel Suarez, he's hot right now. Like everybody, oh everybody wants a piece of this guy because this guy was everywhere the whole yeah. weekend. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you it started off with, well, we've talked to you guys since champions week in las vegas i was down there renee was down there as well but renee did not go to the sports business journal marketing forum and danny actually or daniel i don't know if we should be calling him danny but daniel suarez he was down there and he addressed the crowd and we laugh sometimes because danny as you guys know is daniel's first language is not english so when he's talking sometimes things come out not that we can't understand him, but he's just comical. He's animated. So he makes us laugh. Yeah. So when we were down in Las Vegas, Danny, he doesn't mean to be funny or maybe he does because he just, he's got personality. He can talk. I, I just love hearing him. What I was going to say is at the Daytona 500, he was every place. Obviously he was at media day, but I looked up and he was here. He was there. And I will say on pit row, boy, Daniel had just as many people at his car before the start of the race than Jimmy Johnson because I've walked down and went to each car and took photos and actually had some amazing photos of Daniel that I posted a few to our Twitter account. If you guys don't know and if you aren't, make sure to follow us at Turns No Breaks on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, Daniel is becoming the man very quick. Now, he obviously is bringing up huge Hispanic influence but aside from that I don't even think it has anything to do with him being Hispanic the guy has an awesome personality and he can race I mean let's face it he's the Xfinity champ Mm -hmm. a wonderful personality I think you can see how genuine it is that he is happy to be there and you're right even with the fact that his English kind of seems like it's broken up it doesn't even matter because it's like you still understand him and you can see how happy he really is to be there and yeah it's really awesome it's really awesome it is actually you know he stopped by the nascar diversity awards Mm -hmm. so we mentioned it at the top of the show but renee and i had the privilege and i will say privilege to attend the nascar diversity awards this year and we had a ball at the awards you know it's awesome to see what nascar is trying to do in their efforts on the diversity front Obviously, I'm African-American and Renee is Hispanic. He's a Latino. Mm-hmm. Are you a Latino lover? <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say that. But yeah, yeah with that being said, uh, that was a complete yes, side note. <laughs> yeah, going back to the NASCAR Diversity Awards. It was amazing. We had an opportunity to sit in the audience. Everybody showed up. Brian France, CEO of NASCAR came in. He was the first person that hit the podium to address the crowd. Mike Helton came. Steve O'Donnell came. Lisa France actually came towards the end. In between time, you had Eric Amarillo show up and 
one of his sponsors, Smithfield, received an award. Daniel Suarez hit the stage. I mean, everybody came. It just was a wonderful sight. Like, I've been around this sport for many, many years. And although it's not as diverse as I would like it to be, I do see diversity working. And let's face it, the sport is not going to grow without diversity. It's not going to grow unless we attract new fans. And speaking of that, I mean, we can kind of jump right into the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, put it out there. There was a Wall Street Journal article that has NASCAR upset, rightfully so. And first of all, had opportunity to read the article and read people's comments. Joe Gibbs actually came out and spoke against the article. Roger Pinsky, Chip Ganaski, a lot of the owners are upset because they were misquoted. In fact, Joe Gibbs said that he gave an entire interview for the article. And not only was he misquoted, but they didn't use any of his quotes, meaning that I guess they were phantom quotes. And I'm well aware of how that can happen because that happened to me a couple of years ago when I was on TMZ with Michael Waltrip. I won't go into the details, but I refuse to give TMZ an interview and they just kind of made up some quotes. They pulled some things from my Twitter account and yeah. twisted it around. And it was harmless because the things that they said that I said wasn't anything to do damage. Right. But it was just the fact that you took my tweets and you twisted them around. But yeah. with all that being said, the title of the article is NASCAR once a cultural icon hits the skids. And it says that the popularity of NASCAR is declining. And a lot of the reason why it's declining is because most of the fans are white males and they're not attending races, nor are they buying tickets. It goes into a bunch more. It says, you know, this white male fan base is aging and they're aging, but there's nothing coming to replace it. So, you know, this kind of goes into the whole diversity a few years ago. And we talked about this last year. NASCAR was targeting African-Americans and Hispanics to attract more of them to the sport. But then last year it changed and it became less attract Hispanics and kids to the sport. With any sport, you're trying to find your place because regardless, fans are aging. But just so happened in this sport, it was a specific demographics that enjoyed NASCAR. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other fans out there. And I just have to say that this sport is more diverse than people think. Now, do you see a lot of variety on the track? Eh, We're getting there. I mean, we have Danny. We have Bubba Wallace. There's Eric Amarillo. There's Cal Larson. The sport is growing. And I just walked down the pits and I was amazed because there's so much diversity in the pits. Now, granted, we need to get a little bit more diverse behind the wheel, but, and excuse me, I forgot to mention Danica because Danica is a woman, so we cannot not acknowledge her as well, but things are changing. Right. And Tam, I'm going to have to agree with you on everything you just said. And just to piggyback on what you were talking about, I think Daniel Suarez coming in might kind of help that a little bit as well. And I think that's part of why he's the man right now. And I think that's why NASCAR really, really loves this kid. Not just because he's a really good driver, obviously, but I think they know that he could probably pull a little bit more diversity than there already is. This is another reason why I was so glad that I was able to come to Daytona and experience all of this, because you're right. 
I don't think NASCAR fans really understand how diverse it really is until you get down on the track and into those pits and you see the diversity that's out there. And it was really exciting to see it. It definitely opened my eyes to it. And I think, I remember when Jimmy Johnson came by and, and we were able to do a little Q&A with him. I asked him about, just as a driver standpoint, how dealing with all of these rule changes and stuff like that, how does he kind of go about it? Does he just adapt to it? Is it frustrating? But I like the answer that he gave because he really gave an answer to where he was really behind NASCAR and what they were doing because he was rooting for the sport to grow. He's like, hey, remember he said, he's like, hey, man, you know what? This world is changing in every way possible. And as a sport, NASCAR, it has to grow. It needs to grow. We need to get better. We need to get more fans out here. And I really liked the fact that, that he was behind all of that. And it was just awesome to hear him. I mean, just him standing there was awesome. But to really kind of hear his answer, it was really nice. It was really nice of, of the answer that he gave. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, do I think the sport needs to do more with their diversity efforts? Definitely. I'm pleased with what's going on. And I know that office, NASCAR Diversity, is working hard. So. You know, no complaints from me, but I do think more can be done, but I'm pleased that something is being done. With that being said, it's been a while, but we need to talk about our fan comment of the week. It's yeah. that time of the show where we have combed through the comments because we listen to the fans because this is a NASCAR podcast for fans by fans. If you were just thinking Renee was having a fanboy moment talking about Jimmy Johnson. He's a fan. Yeah, exactly. So that's what fans do. He's not a fanatical fan, but he's a passionate fan. Yes. How about that? Okay. So keeping on this Wall Street Journal and NASCAR diversity topic, those are actually the comments that I want to read. First comment says, the Wall Street Journal tried to explain NASCAR. Huh. Better they should cover the East Hampton summer parties are going on at Sag Harbor. That comment pretty much sums up a little bit about how I feel. And again, as a writer and a journalist, sometimes our opinions can be a little bit off base. But I think with this Wall Street Journal, like ugh, the fact that you're misquoting people and you're saying things that aren't necessarily true. Yeah, the writer probably doesn't know much about NASCAR and therefore should not be talking or writing about NASCAR. That's just my opinion. Let me say this. You don't have to know 100% about a subject that you're writing about. But if you don't know and you really don't know, sometimes you need to leave it alone. But, you know, we're in an era where it's all about the shock titles and the yes. headlines. I totally was, agree with that statement. Yeah, his headline was NASCAR, once cultural icon hits the skids. Whatever. That's all I'm going to say about yeah. that. Our second comment, and that first comment along with the second comment, it actually is in the comments of an article that is on the charlotteobserver.com that says NASCAR spinning out of control, Wall Street Journal article says. So the Charlotte Observer writer is not saying that NASCAR is spinning out of control. He's basically saying that the Wall Street Journal is saying that NASCAR is spinning out of control. So this second comment, uh, this one here, you know, and we give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. We don't always agree with things that people say, but you know, hey, people are entitled to their opinion, good, bad, or ugly. So this comment 
comes from Dale Lee, who simply states the, quote, drive for diversity, unquote, killed the once great sport. Thanks, Jesse Jackson. I just felt compelled to read that because sometimes people can be very silly. And I'm going to be honest, I think that that's a silly comment. I respect the commenter because you have the right to say whatever you want to say. Sometimes that this whole freedom of speech thing, let me just take a political stance. I believe in freedom of speech, but I also believe that you should do unto others as you want them done unto you. And not to be rude. That's my thing in life, just not to be rude. And Renee, you've been around me. You know, I'm a feisty one. Yeah. But I always pride myself in not being rude. And sometimes the things that come out of people's mouth is just rude. Well, it's funny, too, but it's just rude. So I'm going to disagree with that comment, because I think that if you don't drive diversity, this sport is going to die. Because one thing the Wall Street Journal article did get correct is that the primary fan base of NASCAR is aging white males. Yeah. Somebody got to watch the sport. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I'm going to leave it at that. Did you want to add anything to that? No, I don't. But uh, I think going on top of the fact that you said sometimes people say things that are just silly. Sometimes people say things that are just dumb and just uneducated. I think a lot of times what we read and what we see is nothing else but people who just take advantage of social media and feel like they can just say whatever they want to say. It's part of the society we live in, unfortunately. But I definitely would have to agree with you. And and sometimes I think people just say things that are just silly and dumb and just uneducated. Well, one last thing I will say is Jesse Jackson even around? Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) Okay, so let's just jump back into what we like to talk about. Exactly. What's going on on the tracks of NASCAR. You know, we have to address these things because it's just a part of the sport. And that Wall Street Journal article, it ruffled a lot of feathers because it really went in and said some not so nice things about the France family. Yeah. And granted, NASCAR fans don't have a lot of nice things to say about them at times, but I just think the article was a little too much. But nonetheless, I think it is time for some predictions. Renee, what do you think? I think it is definitely time for some predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. Okay, well, predictions, predictions, predictions. Renee, who you got for Atlanta? Hot Atlanta. Wow, boy. I sat there and, and I was watching this race and I'm kind of like going in and out. I'm just kind of like just sitting back and this guy, boy, this person and this person and that driver and that driver. And when it comes down to it for Atlanta, and I know a lot of times I went with my boy Kevin Harvick a lot of times last year. And uh, you hear me laughing, huh? <laughs> I'm laughing because I it's like I feel like I was going to go there. But I'm going to be honest with you. I think Kyle Busch is going to win Atlanta this coming weekend. I don't know what it is, but you know, he, before he blew that tire and he wrecked and wrecked some other good drivers. <laughs> oh yeah. We didn't even talk about Kyle well, wrecking out and he was well, upset. Yeah, let, and I ran to the garage, you. right? Let me just say this. I ran to the garage as soon as I saw him wreck. Cause I like to get photos of the cars when they come in and yeah, I was listening and yeah, he wasn't a happy camper. I'll just say that. But go ahead, Renee. Yeah, yeah, you know, before that even happened, he was running a good race. And um, I sat there watching it the whole time going, wow, 
I don't know why Kyle Busch slipped my mind, but he is in charge of this race right now, and he looked good. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say he's going to be your winner in Atlanta. Now, my dark horse, I'm probably going to go with Jimmy Johnson on this one. I am going to go with Jimmy Johnson again on this dark horse. I like his attitude this year. I like his demeanor. I like his body language. It's just something about him, and maybe because I'm a fan of his as well, but he will be my dark horse. But I see Kyle Busch coming out on top in Atlanta. How about you, Tim? Okay, for our new listeners, you're going to see a recurrent theme with Renee. Every race, he's going to pick Jimmy Johnson, Kevin Harvick, or Kyle Busch. He never <laughs> he never goes against those three. Uh, for our old listeners, I'm sure you're laughing because you know I'm telling the truth. Yeah, now, I'm, ve- I'm very predictable. That they, they should know that by now. <laughs> yeah, for our existing listeners, I shouldn't call you guys old. You already know the drill. This is the part of the show where I give you some cold, hard facts before I give you my predictions. To our new listeners, I give you some cold, hard facts. <laughs> and those facts are typically the last 10 winners at the track that we are racing at the upcoming Sunday. So here we go. In 2016, Jimmy Johnson took home the checker flag at Atlanta. 2015, Jimmy Johnson. 2014, Casey Kane. You know, every time we say his name, we're always shocked because Casey Kane used to be a winner in the past. Not so much now. But he came on strong last year. We'll see what he does this year. Maybe he'll come on strong at the beginning of the year. Yeah, we'll see. 2013, we had your boy, Kyle Busch. 2012, Denny Hamlin. 2011, Jeff Gordon. Now, prior to 2011, we had two races in Atlanta. So in 2010, Tony Stewart won one race and Kurt Busch won the other. 2009, Kurt Busch won one race. Casey Kane won one. 2008, Kyle Busch won and Carl Edwards. And in 2007, 2007, Jimmy won both races. So interesting. Just a few fun facts. Jimmy Johnson is a five-time winner in Atlanta. Casey Kane and Kurt Busch are three-time winners in Atlanta. And Kevin Harvick is a four-time winner in the Xfinity series at Atlanta. So hopefully all that was digested by you, but this is what we do every week. We like to kind of give you a little history, and that was the history at Atlanta for the past 10 years. So now that you're on the edge of your seat waiting to hear my predictions, I'm going to keep it real simple for you. I'm going to go with a bush, and I am going to go with a seven-time champion. So I'm going to take Kyle Busch, as my dark horse and I'm going to go with Jimmy Johnson to win this race and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to pick Jimmy and Kyle because they had a horrible showing at Daytona 500 this weekend and I think they both want to redeem themselves yeah well I mean you know Jimmy doing a little switcheroo then huh yeah I mean Jimmy historically has had issues at the Daytona 500 over the past couple of years but it was just horrible this year he took a hard hit because he got turned around and then Clint Boyer ran into him. But he's going to show us what he's made of in Atlanta. So yes. those are my picks. All right. Fantastic. Well, there you have it, folks. You have my predictions. You have Tam's predictions. Uh, we'd like to hear what your predictions are. This is not just for us. Like we said, All Turns No Breaks is a podcast for fans, by fans. Tam said it earlier, and we stick by that. 
And not only do you know we give you our predictions, we want to know your predictions. So hit us up on our social media and let us know who you got coming this weekend. Let us know who your winner is. Let us know who your dark horse is because that's the way that we like to have our show. We like to get in contact and we like to communicate with our fans and old fans that if you're coming back and and listening to our podcast, we want to thank you for coming back and listening to our podcast. And if there's new listeners out there, we want to thank you for listening into our podcast because I guarantee you're going to love us. And we'd like for you to share our podcast with other friends of yours who are NASCAR fans. We really appreciate everybody tuning in. And for us here at All Turns No Breaks, for Tam, for me, you can find me on social media, on my own social media. My Twitter handle, my Instagram handle, and my Snapchat handle are all the same. It's at It's Rene Garcia, at I-T-S-R-E-N-E-G-A-R-C-I-A. That's Rene with one E. Tam, where can they find you? You can find me at I am sincerely Tam. Again, that's I am sincerely Tam. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Side note, I'm walking on the track and one of the NASCAR photographers was like, oh my God, oh my God, I know you. And I was like, huh? She was like, I saw you on Instagram. I was like, oh my God. This was almost, <laughs> I want to say one How of the cool. highlights of my weekend because you never think somebody's going to recognize you from social media, but she actually did. And she said she followed me personally, as well as the podcast social media, which is Turns that, No Breaks. That is and awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. So we're at Turns No Breaks on Instagram and Twitter. We're also on Facebook and we're going to get a little bit better with posting a Facebook, but Instagram and Instagram stories, as well as Twitter is our advice for now and make sure to take the jump over to the website the website is all turns no breaks again the website is all turns no breaks we are excited to be back we want to hear from you and we will talk to you next week bye-bye bye-bye thanks so much for tuning in with tam and renee 